It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the, to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, yes! Caught! Touchdown! They did it! Uh, hi, welcome on into the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. Having a little bit of weird issues going on here with uh, our station going out over the air. So I apologize if that's acting kind of funky. But um, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, yeah, anyway, Full Court Press here, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Maybe only working on the stream, though. 1069thefan.com. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on it, try to figure that out. In the meantime, for those who are listening on the stream, you do have a show uh, to listen to. For those over the air, we're still trying to work that out, and you may not even know if we're not working. So anyway, we'll keep working on that. But uh, in the meantime, several different things to talk about today here on the Full Court Press. We'll get into what happened in Boise, Try to make sense of that loss for the Aggies in Boise uh, against the Broncos. Uh, but we'll also look at what happened with the Utah Jazz over the last couple of days as uh, they are going to be returning home with uh, Donovan Mitchell in town. Um, but um, we'll see, uh, let's see, 1390 AM working fine. Thank you, 4781. Appreciate that. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. Like, because we can hear it over the stream. We can't hear each other. I can't hear you through my headphones. Nothing in the studio is working. Well, maybe, did that work? Well, that's maybe a, it's a workaround. Something, yeah, it's, something's going through my headset now. Yeah, well, but here. yeah. So uh, if it's working, it's working. Um, one aspect of it is not, but the uh, I guess the ends right now are justifying <laughs> however the means are going. So four seven eight one, do us a favor if you can, switch it over to the FM dial. Make sure we're working okay there on one hundred six point nine uh, FM. <laughs> Since we know you're hearing us, we're, we're doing our best. Yes, it's kind of weird what's going on here with the studio. We got engineers in the back. Moving things around, and you never know. Sometimes they bump a cable or a cord, and it uh, affects our broadcast. Just yanked everything out. <laughs> yes. Just like, all right, uh, all right. So, um, so let's let's look at a couple of different things here on the show. You know, recapping the weekend that was. You know, we've got the college football championship tonight as well. It's one of the topic. Um, we've got. Um, okay, thank you for seven eight one. That one zero six nine is also working. So, so we're we're full. <laughs> Full steam ahead. Full steam ahead. We just can't hear each we'll other properly. We'll just keep plugging along. Um, but, uh, you know, we got the college football playoff championship tonight. We got Jazz over the last couple of days. Uh, the Aggies. What's going on in the Mountain West. Uh, so uh, several different topics to cover here on the show. Uh, and, of course, appreciate all of you who are listening in and texting in. Uh, feel free to uh, send in your comments or your questions. 435-339-0321. 4781XX payment by Venmo. <laughs> we should send you something to say thanks for <laughs> air checking us because apparently we're having issues doing it ourselves. We, we outsource our uh, <laughs> outsource our uh, 
what would you call it? Uh, live testing or something like that? Yeah, I'll be your new IT guy. Yeah, maybe we need one. Um, but uh, a couple more, uh, well, a couple of the texts here. Nine three one five. Um, why did USU let a second-rate truck driver school beat them so bad they're only good enough to graduate uh, drive Volo rental truck instead of a super trucker truck like Mac, Pet, or Kenworth? Okay, thanks, 9315. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Uh, well, I know why. It's because Boise State actually has a pretty good basketball team, and, and Utah State uh Seems they might be vulnerable to these kind of situations where they go on the road, they face a good team, a good defense, and they also happen to be off. They could go on the road, face a good defense, just light them the heck up because they're hot that night. But the Aggies just clearly, there's a weakness on this Utah State Aggie team, and the situation they ran into um, on Saturday was perfect to exploit those weaknesses. Yeah, and that was... uh... They ran into a bit of a buzzsaw there, and they just never were able to really get on track. Uh, Boise State, I have to give them credit. You know, they took away you know, uh, opportunities for USU. The Aggies didn't really get too many really good looks. I mean, they had looks, but they didn't have a lot of great looks, uh, just easy open shots. Uh, yeah. Boise did a pretty good job of closing out, getting in their space, uh, making life difficult for, for USU, and it – Got them out of their rhythm. Yeah, and there's an aspect, too, where, you know, the, obviously a good defense forces tougher shots. There's also the fact that some of it is on Utah State where they just weren't, um, you know, on their game. This is a team that ranks first in the country still in three-point percentage. Um, in when you have an off night, you have an off night. Um, and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, the great teams, the elite teams... They'll be able to win some of these types of games, you know, when you're just absolutely stone cold on offense. They'll be able to pull off wins in some of those situations. But Utah State's not the elite team because if they were that elite team, they'd, you know, they'd probably be undefeated at this point. Um, you don't need to be delusional about what Utah State is, but there's also recognition of Utah State is a good team. We're 16 games into this, and Utah State has three losses. You don't need to be delusional about Utah State being bad either. No, I've seen people on Twitter acting like the sky is falling. Like, okay, this is a thirteen and three team. What did you think was gonna like? <laughs> did you think they were just gonna go undefeated the rest of the way? Like, we we need to understand that teams like Utah State they do have a weakness in that if they're off, then that's just how it is. You know, low scoring, great defensive teams they get in trouble when they get in shootouts because they're not good enough to you know keep up with teams that are just red hot and whatever defense they throw at them doesn't work. There are weaknesses in every single team, and sometimes they just get exploited because you run into the wrong matchup or just the team is just good that day. Or in the case of Utah State, they were just cold. And sometimes there's nothing you can do about that. You know, there were open shots that Utah State normally drains, and they missed them. You know, Boise State really pressured Utah State in a lot of situations. There are a lot of cases where they sidestepped it, Took a three. It's a shot they normally make, and they missed it. This is a team that shoots 43 or 44% from three, and I think they shot like 30 or – actually, I forget what the actual percentage was. Really low. They shot really low. Th- uh, yeah, 33%. 33.3, yeah. And, and that was bolstered by a couple of late ones where it's just, okay, they made a few when it was just kind of garbage time. For the longest time in this game, they were shooting 20s, you know, in, and even in the teens from three. And that kept them from, from keeping up. So it's like 
you're going to have an off night. Elite teams might be able to overcome that. Utah State's just not that. We have to be realistic. But it doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean they were exposed. Uh, if this becomes a trend where they can't win on the road in the Mountain West whatsoever, if they have like a below 500 record on, on the road in the Mountain West, then that's a trend. But it, it's one that has to be set because right now, based on what we know of this team, 16 games in, half a season's worth of sample size, we know this is a good team capable of having off nights. Their three worst shooting nights are their three losses. It's a pretty direct correlation. But when they shoot well, and they can shoot well, in 13 out of 16 games, they've shot pretty well. We know they can win games. And they're not going to be this off, even on the road, in most of their games. Yeah, I think that um, maybe a lot of us, and I guess I'll speak for myself, but um, got caught up in the the high rankings in the net. Utah State uh, continued to score really well and, and rank really high. Um, you know, we knew that they were playing good teams, but not great teams. Um, but it was a it was a solid enough resume that got them that you know a top twenty five uh, net ranking. And even after that loss, they've only dropped to twenty six, so they really didn't move very much because it was still a quad one game. They lost the game, but it was against a good team on the road, and so the the, the net doesn't really punish you for that very much. But I think that I, I for one, may have fallen into a bit of a trap thinking, you know, this team can play well against good teams. But we haven't really seen them play out against really good teams. And I don't know if I'm sure that Boise State is considered a really good team because there's great teams, really good teams, and good teams. And I think Utah State has been playing and mostly beating good teams. How many really good teams have they faced? Uh, that was the highest-ranked team in the net that they have faced all year. And uh, it, was a, it was a bit of a struggle for them. Now, if they played that game nine times out of ten, would it be the same result? I don't know. But um, I think that they would certainly be more competitive than they were. It was, it was an off day, and I don't know really why. But I think you have to give Boise State credit for how they played and took Utah State out of what they wanted to do. Here's the thing. The performance Utah State put up against Boise State was on par with what they did against Weber State and SMU. They barely lost those two games against what were at the time quad four teams. They play a quad one game against Boise State, put up a similar performance, they get blown the heck out. That's what happens when you go from if you play this bad against a quad four team, you barely lose. You play this bad against in a quad one game, you know, top 50-ish NET, you get blown the heck out. So... We've seen Utah State play to this level before. It's just they haven't been punished as much for it. But we also know that against decent teams, um, you know the San Francisco's, the in in some other teams, you know Bradley, they've played really well against good teams. Um, and I don't think that Boise State being the toughest team they face so far is that much of a problem, because Utah State's going to go out there and they're probably going to beat someone in the Mountain West that's ranked higher than Boise State. Probably, at least at home. Um, so it, really it's just about the fact that Utah State had a bad game. And if it becomes a trend, then yeah. Like for now, we have to acknowledge small sample size and look toward the future. Try and draw what we can from this, but look toward the future and say, all right, this kind of throws a wrench in what we understand about this team. But we have to continue to learn. 
8968. It makes sense what happened in Boise. The Aggies forgot to play there, uh, for they forgot their their pants kicked. By the way, FM is coming in okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, 8968. Um, the Aggies forgot to play there, for they got their pants kicked. Yeah, uh, it, it's look. It was a, it's a tough place to play. It's a that venue has definitely changed over the last few years. It used to be that there really wasn't great crowd support there, um, but it was a pretty full house, even though the students weren't really there. Um, but uh, they at least in session. Uh, but it was a it was a rocking crowd, and their players played up to the crowd. And the Aggies struggled to to counter some of the things that Boise was doing. They, we thought that USU may have a bit of an advantage attacking the paint and attacking the rim, and even that really wasn't very effective either. Because on the whole, Utah State was you know, they shot thirty nine percent on the night, um, but they also really struggled at the free throw line, only forty two point nine percent at the charity stripe, and. When you have opportunities in, in close contests to get unguarded shots <laughs> when everybody's standing around, you, you got to do better than 42.9%. Yeah, you do. And, and you like to see Utah State just get to the line a little bit more than 14 times as a team that's capable of getting to the line around 20-ish times a game. You know, get there 20 times, try and make 14 or 15 of them. That gives you an, almost an extra 10 points in this game. If you shoot closer to your average... Um, on threes, you know, whatever, 21 times, trying to do some quick math here. You know, you make a couple more threes, and maybe you're a little closer in this game. You know, at least have a chance. Um, but, again, you, you're, you're just going to have an off night on some occasions, both threes and free throws. You'd like to think that that would never happen, but it does. I mean, the Houston Rockets were one of the better three-point shooting teams in NBA history, and they missed 27 straight three-pointers. Sometimes it's just going to happen. Uh, yeah, uh, and a couple more texts coming through. We'll get to those a couple other points on this game. But 9315 texting in. Uh, I think, let's see, going back up. Can't believe all the missed foul shots. Some may say that Boise, Jimmy rigged it for USU, but I say they made it so we can give them the real treatment on the fourth. Uh, and then I think Boise just had the best game they will ever play this season, and we all know what Rice does later in the season. They tank, tank, tank. See, history. Yeah, they may very well do that. And, and they may struggle down the stretch. And, but we'll have to see what Utah State does. You know, we talked about how this could be a rude awakening for Utah State, and this was... A rude awakening. This is a, you know, okay, you you managed to skate by a Fresno State team with a decent performance. Uh, got in trouble a little bit, but managed to push through them. Um, survived a bit of a comeback from Air Force after dominating them in the first half. And so, they, all right, we skated by a couple of the lesser teams in the conference. All right, play one of the better teams in Boise State, and bam, get blasted. And now this team has to look at itself and say, hey, what are we going to do to win games night in and night out, whether or not our threes are falling? You know, can we play great enough defense? You know, I don't know if 59 points is ever enough to win a game. Um, at least 
No, you're not the way this team is made up. But like, no. But giving you, up 82. Yeah. Could you play a little bit better defense and maybe force them into 65 points and then, you know, hope that in playing better defense, you know, get a few more transition opportunities, play a little bit better offense? Well, and they were out-rebounded, too. And I think that was one of the other things that really surprised me about this game, and not by just a few, but the Aggies were out-rebounded 41-29. to And I did not see that coming. Some of that is baked into more defensive rebounding opportunities. But Boise State did have eight offensive rebounds. I thought it was nine when I looked at it, but the one I'm looking at now is eight. Um, so, you know, when you shoot 39%, your opponent's going to have more offensive rebounds. And when your opponent shoots 50%, you're not going to have as many rebounds. True. Um, but, of course, Utah State couldn't take advantage of offensive rebounds because when you miss a lot of shots, you could have more offensive rebounds. They didn't do that. They only had five. Uh, which is pretty awful offensive rebounding percentage. Um, so, yeah, Boise State did pretty well in, in securing those rebounds then getting out and running and uh, playing really good offense against, against Utah State. And we talked about Utah State's bad shooting night. Boise State couldn't miss. You know, toward the end, they kind of cooled down as you get into garbage time minutes, but this is a team that was shooting in the 50s and 60s. They were shooting in like the 60s and 70s from three for a while. Yeah, they just, yeah you're right. They just could not miss. Didn't matter who was shooting. It was going in for a while there, and, you know, Max Rice, he hits that one that's deep beyond, like five feet beyond the three, and near the end of the half, it's like that shot shouldn't normally ever go in, especially out of him. Yeah. and But he was he hit four three-pointers for the night. Yeah, it, it's a bit of the treatment that Utah State gives to other teams where it's like, how on earth are they going to miss? You know, so – Utah State got that that same feeling, kind of that there's the taste of their own medicine coming back at them. It's like, all right, here's what it tastes like when the other team just doesn't miss from three. Um, so there's, you know, a bit of Boise State as uh, I think it was nine through one five. They were saying that Boise State played the best game they'll play at least on offense. This is one of the better games on offense they'll have. Utah State had one of the worst games on on offense they'll have. So. Is this a real indication of both teams? No. It happened, and it's that's the final score. you got to live with it. And that's why I say, don't be panicking. Yes, it's disappointing. Be disappointed. You know, it's fine to be upset. The team should be upset with itself that they let this happen. But you live, you learn, you move on. And we see, does this become a trend? Or do they shake it off as a bad loss and just move on? Uh, a couple more texts coming through. Zero three six six. Can we not do better than Dorius in the paint? Not really. I mean, Dorius. He's had he, look. He had had some games coming into this where uh, he was grabbing a pretty healthy number of rebounds and had some putback points and some dunks. And uh, a couple blocks a game, he was pretty respectable in the paint. But, look, he is is the best option Utah State has. For if you need a big man in the paint, Trevin Dorius is your best option. Now, Atkin plays more minutes than him. There's a lot of matchups that Atkin really is the better matchup in the paint. But if you're going big man for big man and you need somebody to gather rebounds and protect the rim... Dorius is the best option USU has right now. Yeah, and the unfortunate the unfortunate thing is that Dorius is kind of middling in both of those. 
he doesn't have super great timing on blocks. I mean, by virtue of the fact that he's seven foot with a pl- and what I'm pretty sure is a plus wingspan, um, is you know he can get blocks and rebounds just based off how tall he is. Uh, he gets rebounds based off the fact that he has some of the best hustle I've seen on the team. Um, but he's not you know elite rebounding. He's not elite rim protecting. He's not elite post defense. Um, and so. You know, that's why he'll only play around 10 minutes a game. He plays a stint at the beginning of the first half, stint at the beginning of the second half, sometimes plays a third or fourth stint depending on how, you know, circumstances dictate. Um, for instance, he played a second stint in the first half uh, against Boise State because Dan Atkin was getting a little... Yeah, Atkin will get into foul trouble sometimes. Yeah, and, and he was playing a little wild and he needed to, you know, maybe take a seat, talk to the coach, reset, come out a little later. And Trevor had been earning a couple more minutes too, by virtue of getting a few extra rebounds, uh, playing well as, you know, dump off pass, finish it. He'd been finishing a little bit better at the rim than he had in the past. Um, so he'd been earning a bit more minutes. But, yeah, Dorius, you're, you're getting, at best, 12 minutes, you know, four or five rebounds, five, six points, and a block or two. And, unfortunately, that's that's not great in the Mountain West. You'd like to have a guy who can average 10 and 8 and a couple blocks. But... Those guys don't grow on trees. There are guys that grow like their trees, like Trevin Dorius. <laughs> but Namiya Kedas don't walk around, you know, they don't walk into the door every day. Like, Namiya Keda was an incredibly rare case. Like, you look at Utah State centers over the years. Like, how many actually good 7-foot-ish, you know, 6'11", 7'1", centers has Utah State had around here? Uh, if you put it 6'11", uh, or higher... Let's, I'll, give you, I'll give you 6'10". If you go to six ten, then under Stu Morrill, there were a number of good centers. Yeah, um, Stu Stu was a good coach of big men, and so uh, good tall players were attracted to come to Utah State because they could play well here. Uh, but since then, yeah, it's been kind of a rare breed to find somebody that can really come in and yeah, in, in, in the Mountain West, be a power. Been, it's been pretty rare. But Namish Keta was was certainly. You know, a bit more of a a rare case where, you know, not only did they have that length, but he was an elite shot blocker, the best shot blocker we ever really had at Utah State. Also a good rebounder and also a good finisher. Like, there's a reason he went to the NBA. It's because he was really good <laughs> at all three of those things. Yeah. And Utah State's not really going to have one of those guys unless they just kind of luck into him. Because, you know, when you're at, uh, you know, a, a G5 or... Well, in major, major school, like your your main hope is to find a guy who can do like two out of the three. Can he score and rebound? Can he rebound and block, but maybe not score? Or you know, some weird, I guess, for somehow block and score points. But like, you can do like two of the three major things, or do all three at like a middling level, which is kind of what Dorius is. So is this uh, this conversation more an indictment on recruiting or development? It's. Kind of on recruiting, but I don't really blame them because, again, like I said, these guys don't grow on trees. Like, they're hard to find. Where on earth do you find, you know, a center who can score, rebound, and block, or just rebound and block and, you know, you know maybe let me like a taller Dan Atkin? Like, where do you find those guys? You don't. They end up going to bigger schools. It's very competitive to try to get them here. So, like, sure, you can say, okay, they can't recruit a good center. Who on earth can? <laughs> So it's like, you know, that's where, you know, and that can be the difference between an elite team or elite program and a non-elite program where you're able to get the rare guys. The six foot eight, you know, 
athletic wings and the seven foot one athletic, you know, rim protecting centers. Like, but Utah State, they got to either luck into that kind of player or just try and make do with what they got. Make do with the guy who's okay at finishing, okay at rebounding, and okay at blocking. Yeah, so that's where I think this is. This, and I don't want to be calling anybody out by name specifically, but this conversation is more an indictment on development than it is recruiting. Because you've got a number of big guys on your roster, and they did a year ago. Um, and you know where are they in their development to you know, be you know, regular uh, impact guys? Even your starting center is just a rotation guy. He's not your main impact guy. The yeah. guy that you brought in as a transfer, he's your impact guy at that position. Well, Darius is a walk-on. You developed a walk-on into a guy who's a starter. Ten, twelve minutes per game. That's that's decent development. I'd say he did pretty well, pretty good there. True. You know, you got more than you signed up for. You turned a walk-on kid into a scholarship everyday starter. Granted, it's a kind of weird starter that only plays ten minutes per game, but you got more than you bargained for in a good way. No, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, a bunch more texts coming through, but we do need to take a timeout first. We'll get to those. 435-339-0321. If you want to chime in as well, uh, here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. When it comes to home care, it's important to know you have a choice. If you or a loved one is in need of hospice or home health services, remember that Primrose Home Care and Hospice believes in treating the patient as well as the problem. We work directly with you and your doctor to create a health plan that's catered to your needs. Our team is devoted to providing options and the freedom and safety of your own home. Visit us at primrosecare.com or call to schedule a free consultation. Primrose Home Care and Hospice, your local hospice and home health provider since 2006. Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install for Vermont casting units that include stoves, venting, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Let's talk about getting your car registered. What a pain. With registration and emissions, it takes hours. Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan, across from Angie's, will take that pain away. Stop in to get your oil changed and have the emissions test done. Then re-register your car. It's that easy, all in one stop. The best thing? You can stay in your car while their trained pros service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main. Open seven days a week. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Is there a doctor here? Listen. Here's the part about the Rams that, like, no one's talking about. Right, the Rams lose Cooper Cup probably for the season. And, and it's like, oh, the Rams, F them draft picks, whatever. Like, that's great. Everybody else fills out the rest of the roster with draft picks. They don't have the draft picks. And the draft picks you do have, you got to hit. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. We found out the culprit of what happened earlier in the show. 
It was the butler <laughs> with the wrench in the library. Uh, no, it was yeah, little mistake in engineering. We were still on just, the air, just throwing good, engineering which, under the bus. Are know. we, Eric? I'm not going to name names. Who specifically did it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave. I'll leave them uh, nameless. But we're good. We have been good. It just affected us how we were monitoring ourselves in studio and over the air. But we're good now. Yeah. Thank you for texting in and keeping us on track, so we weren't just uh, you know dead air figuring things out. At least in studio. A uh, bunch of texts coming through here on the full court press. Appreciate the uh, the, the the feedback here on the show. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Four seven eight one, texting in. Um, hey, at least. Uh, oh, actually, there's a couple of texts here. Sorry, I missed some of these. Six for fourteen from the stripe just isn't good. Uh, isn't good enough. I know that wouldn't make up the gap, but you can hit gimmies. You're if you can't hit gimmies, you're screwed. And then hey, at least the court isn't all blue, right? And fifty nine points could win a football game. Yeah, yeah, good. There aren't too many times where you score fifty nine and you don't win. Um, but yeah, at least, yes, the court not being blue is, thank heavens, I don't know what delusions, like, what is in the water up there that makes them think the blue field looks okay? I don't know. They're so proud of it, too. Like, I'm... But if, like, you're going like, to do that to your football field, why don't you do something screwy to your basketball court? I mean, if you're that bent on being weird and, and being different, why aren't you doing it to your basketball court? You or can't. do you, like, recognize that we know that it's weird, and that it's dumb, but we're going to stand by it because it's that one thing that we can, you know, wave a banner about. You, you can't reason with delusion. <laughs> and as four seven eight one says, Idaho water is basically moonshine. <laughs> there are a bunch of loonies up there. Like I said, there has to be something wrong, like legitimately wrong in the head, for them to think that blue turf looks okay. So bad. Zero three six six Mike Santos. That was, he texted in during our con- conversation about, big about centers. Yeah. yeah, big man. Okay. Uh, 9315. Uh, nil helps with elite players. Now they don't have to hide it. NIL. Oh, NIL helps with elite <laughs> players. Sorry. NIL helps with elite players. Now they don't have to hide it. Yeah. By the way, texting Mike Santos, first off, he was a six foot eight forward. Uh, second off, he played in the 70s. I was talking about more recent guys. <laughs> Modern era. Modern era. Like after 2005 or something. Uh, 4446 texting in. Any update on Rylan? Uh, not, uh, not yet. So there's there's going to be some media, media availability. Normally, like, they have the media availability. Like, they do it day before the game, after practice. Normally, it's around, like, 1 or 2. Today, they had it at 4.30. So normally, I'm there. But it's happening roughly about now, and so news about Ryland Jones' status. I had a couple of people text in about Ryland Jones' status. Um, I would guess he's going to be out. That is a personal guess. Um, and on, though honestly, if he suffered another concussion, at this point, I'd wonder if it's season-ending. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but I've based on precedent. Multiple concussions in a couple of weeks tends to be um, not good. Well, yeah, and that's... But I don't know if it's a concussion. That's just my own speculation. I don't right, because... I don't want to throw out things out there without any expertise on that. It's just, you know, 
trying to play a doctor on radio. Here. Yeah, which we're awesome at, right? But it, it seemed like he was having trouble breathing, like it was more of something getting hit in the chest. Well, he got hit in the chin. That's what Ryan said after Coach Odom said after he got hit in the chin. He didn't like Odom didn't know, um, or he said he didn't know um, what was going on. They had him in the locker room, um, so it's possible that he could just be fine. But the fact that he had to be helped off the the court the way he was and how long he was on the court again, he also had a bloody lip. Yeah. Um, it's like it's just it's worrying. This is a kid who refuses to play basketball in a safe manner. Like, <laughs> he just keeps putting himself in arms way. Oh yeah, six foot, two hundred and thirty pound guy barreling towards me. That's a straw charge. I mean, I, I applaud him for sticking his nose in there, but because he's sticking his nose in there, he's taking himself out of the game. Yeah, I love the scrappiness, but there's a durability factor when you try and play scrappy and you're six foot and a buck seventy. Uh, the other uh, question from four 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 six. What about the kid from Oregon? Well, he's redshirting. Yeah. So you know, there could be p- some potential there. Um, yeah, there, there, there's potential. He's a guy who is uh, surprisingly athletic and surprisingly good as a slasher. Like he's a guy who could be really interesting as a pick and roll guy. Because his ability to get from the perimeter to the basket as a seven footer is really weird to see um, from guys who are normally around seven foot. Um, so he has a bit of a unique skill there. Um, and he's also three point shooter. He did it in high school. Uh, he did it a few times in some of the scrimmages that I saw. So he seems to have a bit of a green light to shoot threes, hopefully. <laughs> like, it is kind of frustrating to see big men who can shoot basically be told not to shoot. Um, but I would think Ryan Odom would be willing to let his centers shoot. Yeah, I think if you can shoot that shot with some regularity, he's going to give you the green light. Yeah. So I think he could be you know, really, really interesting. And, and next year could be interesting because if you know Isaac Johnson, that's the kid from Oregon we're talking about, if he comes in and is a guy who can be good on offense and then, you know, also be a, at least a halfway decent rim protector based off of his size and, and decent athleticism. He's a little lightweight, and that could cause some problems um, in terms of you know real tough interior defense. But they're also bringing, bringing in a kid, I don't know if I can say his name, like Khalifa Sacco, I think. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. He's coming from South Plains like College in Texas. And his, his defensive rim protection is really good. His, his offense is probably a little underdeveloped from what I've, from what I've heard. Um, but you're you know you're potentially bringing in a you know a good rim protector, but also an offensive guy in Isaac Johnson. You'd have him in another year of experience and uh, you uh, you know redshirt year in terms of you know being in the system. So right, that'll help. development, right? So the uh, front court could be a little interesting next year, and it'll be a lot different. Um, you could have elite rim protection on the team. You could have a stretch five where this team doesn't have a stretch five. Unless you're playing Taylor Funk at center. So next year's centers could be an interesting class. And then there's, will Shimon Zapala ever get any time? I don't know. Right. Where? Yeah, where is he at on his own development? Yeah, that's another question. Yeah, he'll be his senior year. It's now or never, you have to feel like he may end up just transferring at this point. Because he's had several shots. And either it's just not working for him at Utah State or the coaching staff doesn't believe in him. So either way, transferring may be the best option for him. I won't make that decision for him, obviously. <laughs> I know, but that's something that may be out there. Yeah. 
Eight nine six eight also adds, uh, "Who can recruit a good center? Schools with lots of money." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so really, schools at this level, it's about development more than it is about you know, developing somebody to be a good center rather than recruiting a good center. Yeah. Or in some cases, it's trying to, you know, bring in a guy who has talent that's transferring down from major to mid-major. Um, sometimes you can do that. Or try and find lateral transfers, like a Taylor Funk. It's hard to find six foot eight shooters. Utah State brought one in as a grad transfer. Sometimes you can look into that. Yeah. But, of course, one-and-done guys can be tricky because you have to consistently... You're always yeah. hitting that portal to find that next guy. Yeah, and that's that's not as fun to do. It's nicer to be able to land a Z Hamoda that you can develop, and then maybe you know next year get a couple of years out of him after his development, a couple of years of him being a 12, 13-point-per-game scorer. Or a Sam Merrill. You got, like, you got four good years out of him, including a couple of elite years. You know, it's, it's not like bringing in the one... One year Dan Akin, the one year Brandon Horvath, the one year uh, Taylor Funk. Uh, 9463 uh, texting in. I guess that leads to the question of what other programs in the nation do we compare ourselves to and are on the same level? Then how do we measure up to them recruiting and developing? And who would those equitable programs be? Well, I think some of the teams that you would want to compare yourself to around here, they're mostly Mountain West schools. Compare yourself to Wyoming, Colorado State, um, Boise State, maybe you know, you, maybe Nevada. You know, some teams in the Mountain West. It's hard to compare yourself to. It's hard to compare to the San Diego States and San Jose States because there's when you're obviously outpacing San Jose State. But you know, the San Diego State they have a bit of a you know they're in California. There's some recruiting advantages there. Maybe it's a bit more money. Um, so you try and compare yourself to some of the more rural Western schools like the ones I listed off, the Wyoming's, Colorado States. Again, I don't know if you want to throw Nevada in there. Um, New Mexico. Those are the ones you want to compare yourself to. And overall, I'd say Utah State's doing all right. New Mexico probably recruits better in basketball. Not probably, they do. They tend to get you know some better athletes, um, and they do pretty well there. I'd say overall Utah State's probably recruiting better than Wyoming and Colorado State. Maybe it depends on the year. Um, Utah State's done just fine. Um, but obviously if you look at, you know, there's plenty of schools that are recruiting better than Utah State, but most of them tend to be, you know, either just better mid-majors or have some, uh, recruiting advantage Utah State doesn't have. More money, better location, bigger conference, bunch of different things. Yeah, there's a lot of factors, and I, I would agree with you. I think there's a lot of, you know, peers in the Mountain West that, uh, make a lot of sense. I think you could probably look to some schools, maybe... You know, Wichita State, you know, a couple others in the, you know, middle of the country, but mid-major um, type schools. And really, it, it is about, at this level, you can recruit some good talent, um, but to, to get great talent, you have to develop them on your own. Um, yeah. you, like you said, and Utah State's had this happen and others have too, because of the way the transfer portal has changed things, you could get a player on loan for a year. But the, the the best way to do it, basically the, the, the cheapest way to do it, is to you know, get those players that you can develop on your own, and then you're yielding better uh, results out of them in years two, three, maybe even four, when they're in your program developing. 
But um, when it comes like to yeah, big men, uh, there's it's that's a tough tough position. Uh, Utah State has had them in the past. They've had some great uh, centers in the past, but it's also I don't know how much of a point of emphasis it is under Ryan Odom to have uh, a big dominant big man in the post. He's more of a you know, NBA style where everybody can dribble, pass, and shoot. And if you can't do that as a seven-footer, then you're probably not going to see as much time. Yeah, and I, I tend to agree with that more. It's like As long as you can get some decent rim protection, because that's the only problem I have with playing the smaller lineups is that you can't get consistent rim protection, and that can be a really big problem. Um, but obviously there is the advantage of being able to guard three-point shots with a versatile defense, of course. Utah State isn't doing that, so I don't know what the point is. Um, but yeah, like if you're talking about getting a center that can post up, spare me. Like people saying we need a good post up center. No, you don't. Yeah, toss it down to the paint with his back to the basket. That guy doesn't exist anymore. That is statistically, categorically, you know, completely the worst play in basketball. And you're telling me you want to build an offense around that? No, but what you need, they're talking about big, you know, big man is the guy who can, you know, finish in the pick and roll, finish around the basket in general when he gets a pass to him, a guy who can rebound, and a guy who can play good defense. You know, if he can shoot threes, that's gravy. Um, you know, that makes it absolutely insane. Yeah, but you just want a guy who can play defense, rebound, and finish around the basket. That's what you need out of a center. Don't worry about post game. Don't bother with it because it's a terrible play. You don't need it. Um, so right now Utah State kind of has that in Dan Akin. He's below average finisher. Uh, he's good at drawing fouls. Decent at finishing his free throw, at least for a big man. He plays good defense. Yeah, and, like, and active around the around the rim. Yeah, and, he, and he's a good rebounder. Averaging around seven rebounds. Like You're getting enough out of Dan Akin as a center. Is he a little short? Can he do a little bit better rim protection and finishing? Yeah, but Okay, if you if you give him those things, then he's like an all Mountain West center, and you can't have one of those every year. You you can't ask for the sun, moon, and the stars and everything <laughs> on a silver platter. Why not? You That's what to, I want. <laughs> you can't have it. Christmas is over. All right, we uh, with this segment, it's also over. We need to take a time out here in the full court press. Uh, more from you on our full court press text line. We do have more text coming through. We'll get to those four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you want to chime in. For more than a century, S.E. Needham Jewelers has been repairing jewelry and watches in Cache Valley. We do all our work on premises, and you may even talk directly with our expert technicians. We also have today's state-of-the-art equipment, including a laser welder that will repair jewelry with precision. We guarantee our work and offer competitive prices. So whether repairing your precious wedding ring, sizing a ring, or simply changing a watch battery, come to Utah's oldest jewelry store today's newest technology and repair. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Let's start the new year right with a huge winter clearance at Daryl's Appliance. You know Daryl's for their scratch and dent appliances. Now save an extra 10% off through January 14th. They have selected appliances marked down to move fast. Plus, get 18 months financing on your purchase and you'll get Daryl's exclusive additional two-year warranty. And the famous Daryl's difference because service always comes first. Only at Daryl's Appliance, west on Airport Road. It's the 
the full court press. The other thing that's also kind of perplexing in watching this team is uh, the use of Rudy Gay. Makes me wonder if they're just trying to still showcase him so they can move him. (laughs) (laughs) What are they trying to move him for? A ham sandwich? (laughs) Honestly, like, what are they getting out of him? I don't know what they could get out of him. Like a soda machine? He's getting space and taking up time that younger developing players should be able to get. Weekdays from 4 to 6, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10 is tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional. Open Monday through Thursday 11.30 to 8 p.m. and Friday and Saturday 11.30 to 9 p.m. Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. It's time to use your flex spending for 2022. As they say, use it or lose it. Crystal Vision, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, has a great selection of frames with character. Take your current prescription in and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look for the new year. Your glasses will feel like they were made for you. Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. A lot of texts coming through here on the Full Court Press. We'll get to those. A little bit of a short segment here, trying to get caught up on a few things. 435-339-0321, if you want to chime in. Uh, 5654 asking, will the Jazz trade Clarkston? I would say I don't think so. Um, It's tricky because it's hard to know if Jordan Clarkson wants to stay or leave. I've heard differing opinions. Um, He doesn't want to stay on his current contract. That's what I can tell you based off of what he's done. Uh, He clearly wants to get paid a little bit more. He he wants to get one more big contract. I think he'd be okay if that contract's with the Jazz, even if Utah's going through rebuilding. And I'm sure he'd be fine going somewhere else, but he'd want somewhere else to give him a big extension. So... Just comes down to that. Can the Jazz find someone who's willing to give Clarkson an extension and uh, also give the Jazz what they want, which is probably at least a first-round pick for him? Yeah, I mean, he's having a career, uh, career year in scoring and in assists. Um, but we've also seen that this guy can sometimes lose focus. Dribble, 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 shoulder fake, head fake, dribble, 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 turnover. Um, and Or, like we saw the other night, where he'll out of nowhere just throw a punch at somebody and get kicked out of the game. Like yeah. I've never seen Clarkson as somebody that gets that hot uh, that he needs to get ejected and he and he takes a swipe at somebody. But he's done that twice now this season. Yeah, it's just there's some frustration. I don't, you know, I wouldn't read too much into it than the guy who's playing with passion and he let his passion get the best of him uh, a couple of times. Um, that can sometimes happen when you just have a personality type like that where you're passionate and. 
you know, sometimes you struggle with it. Not all of us are like that, but not you know, not we don't all have the same weaknesses. Um, but for Clarkson, in terms of his on-court value, um, we've very much seen it in that his role is to take all the hard shots at the end of the shot clock, uh, shoot 42%, but, again, on very difficult shots. So there's value in that. Mm-hmm. His value is in being a sixth man. Um, he works very well on that where he's a scoring punch off the bench. He's a guy who can lead your second unit when they're not getting very many points. Um and he can manufacture points out of nowhere in ways that not a lot of players can. He's not as efficient as the best players in the game, which is why he's not one of the best players in the game, but he's good enough at that scoring. Um, so it just depends on, is there a team out there that values that? Do they value a guy who, if they, you know, if he goes, he's not going to put up 20 points per game with whoever he goes to. Do they value having a guy that will score 13, 14 points off the bench, shoot okay percentages but be the guy who can take those um difficult shots and occasionally go off for 35 off the bench you know is that something somebody's willing to pay for we'll find out yeah i think if you we're starting to find out this point of the season you know teams that are wanting to be contenders but are struggling right now are looking for that missing piece that extra punch and somebody like a jordan clarkson could be that guy and we talked about this the end of last week as we're approaching the trade deadline, will Utah be sellers or will they be buyers? Because right now they're out of the playoff picture. They just got out of the playoff picture. Um, so are they going to sell off their pieces because they've developed some pretty attractive pieces? Or are they going to try to go find somebody to to fill in some of those gaps to help get them back into the playoff picture for this team? And that's, you know, they've lost, what, nine of their last 11 or something like that? I mean, they've lost a lot of games here lately, so it's not... There's some real uh, question about what this team, what their future is going to look like in how they play out the rest of the season. Yeah, the, the time for buying is past because they're a team that if they're going to buy, it was going to be ride the wave that they've been going on and then you know, find a piece to maybe put them over to the top as far as being a championship team. Okay, We know that early in the season that was a bit of a fluke. We're now seeing a bit more of what this team really is. They're not a lose 9 of 11 games team, but... Things are balancing out a bit. Their team needs to be selling parts off. All right, more of your texts have come through. We'll get to those. We've got to take another time out. Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Streaming on 106.9thefan.com and the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac automatic standby generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac automatic standby generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac automatic standby generators. Power you can count on. As a small business, achieving your financial goals and ambitions can be a steep and rocky mountain to climb. This is Brett Green, president of Cash Valley Bank. To conquer this mountain and achieve your goals, it takes planning, hard work, and discipline. At Cash Valley Bank, we have the resources, expertise, and flexibility to help you scale your way to success. Give us a call. Let's work together and climb the mountains that await. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. 
It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Napa case lot sales going on right now. Babylene 5W40 Premium Blue Full Synthetic, $23.99 a gallon. If Chevron Dello 15W40 for $15.99 a gallon. And Lubrigard 15W40 Synthetic Blend, only $13.99 a gallon. So a lot of great deals going on right now at your local Napa Auto Parts stores. Five locally owned stores between Preston and Providence. A bunch of more texts coming through here in the Full Court Press, 8968. Boise turf is big on ugly, but remember, Washington State once had a red turf. How gross was that? That's so actually Eastern it was Washington. Eastern Washington. I Washington still State's do, never they? done that. Um, I don't know if they still do or not. But, yeah, it was. See, Boise opened the door for others to go crazy and loony on their fields because there's somebody who has, like, a gray field. Coastal yeah, Carolina has, like, an aqua green. Okay, that doesn't look awful, though, because it's sort of kind of green. Kind of. Like, it has green in it, <laughs> at least. Yes. But, yes, they did open the door for others, and some have just, yeah. Yeah, gross. I should put a poll, like, because I'm looking at the Eastern Washington field right now, and that red is ugly as, like. It's, it hurts your eyes. Like, blue and red are good mm. colors, but I don't know. I don't know how you make Blue and red look ugly, but these two schools <laughs> have managed to do that. Uh, nine three one five. The big man in the NBA is going away, so uh, college needs to adjust so that we still get guys in the NBA from USU. See, I'm not. The thing is that in college, you can still find some colleges that have really good back to the basket bigs. And there's like you know, I went full on hate mode on back to the basket. But there are guys in college who have made it work. Um, you have uh, player of the year uh, is still very viable for Senegal. Luca Garza did it. There's that kid from Purdue who's Purdue is probably gonna. I think Eddie is his name, like Zach oh. Eddie or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, where he's looking like he could be player. And he, part of that is you know he's got a good back to the basket game. Uh, Preseason player of the year for the Mountain West was Graham Ek. Yeah, and then he's and then, he's got a he very was, he's got a very old school physical back to the basket can make it work. He could do it, but he I mean he's been hurt so he hasn't played a lot this yeah. season. Yeah, um, so I hated on it probably a little too strongly because it works somewhat in college and it works somewhat in high school. Um, I was coming at it more of an NBA, but still I would very much prefer just to have the more modern center if you can manage it. Because, again, as good as those players are, those are actually still below average efficiency efficiency shots, if I can talk. Um, and I probably swore twice when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but still, you like to get more efficient shots. You know, layups, threes, driving, you know, pick and roll, that kind of thing. More efficient shots. You know, modern offense is the way it is for a reason. It works better. Uh, 5242 looks, uh, I think we may have missed one of your earlier texts. That Boise State loss was embarrassing, but everyone in the world could see it coming. Aggies haven't played any opponents on the road anywhere close to Boise's talent. And the Jazz should give Clarkson an extension. Took the team around Lowry, Clarkson, and Kessler. And then Mike needs to go. The Olenek trade was just bad. Yeah, it's not looking good the way that the Pistons are looking for a first-round pick for him now. 
All right. Well, there's more on that to discuss. And the national championship game is tonight. Love to get your uh, predictions. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Ever since Kirby Smart left Alabama to become the head coach at Georgia, the Bulldogs have become one of the most dominant programs in the sport. This season has been a perfect example of that. Georgia came into the year's defending champs, leaving a huge target on their backs the entire season. The Bulldogs responded with another dominant, undefeated season. Georgia held opponents to just under 16 points per game. And the team's quarterback, Stetson Bennett, made the trip to New York as a Heisman Trophy finalist. The team's balance has left them one win away from the elusive back-to-back national titles. In fact, only seven teams in the history of the sport have hoisted the trophy in consecutive seasons. TCU has shown an ability to show up in big games this year. So it won't be easy for Smart and the Bulldogs, but if the team can continue to play the style of football that got them here, the new gold standard in college football may officially reside in Athens, Georgia. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.